Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I'm by myself tonight to recap the loss to Enter Miami. Um, kind of a rough go. I know everybody's probably really mad. Um, I think there's plenty of reasons to be mad about this one. Um, you finally get Leo Messi in the building, and you know, the team comes out and starts off really strong and then just completely loses all control of the match. Um, kind of a rough turn of events, uh, all throughout the match. Um, but we'll get into some of the reasons why I want to excuse Josh Cacho. Josh, as we mentioned in the last show, moved to the Philippines, um, temporarily or, you know, uh, for at least, uh, six months to a year. Um, so once he gets all settled in, he should be able to rejoin the show. But, uh, in the meantime, it'll just be me and whoever else wants to join. So if you're interested in co-hosting, reach out and um, we'd love to have you on. Um, So let's get into the match here. I felt like um, at the beginning, especially, I I feel like Dolo got a lot of things right at the beginning and they came out and they high pressed Miami really effectively. Um, And I think that's the right bet. How do you keep the ball from getting to Sergio Busquets and then consequently, uh, consequently, Leo Messi in open space. Well, you don't let Busquets get the ball. And you do that by preventing the pass to him. Like, there's there's really no other way about it. He's going to beat everybody 1v1 because he's just so smooth turning in and away from pressure. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do um, once he does get the ball other than swarm him and hope that he doesn't somehow s- uh, escape. Um, so yeah, the first 20 minutes, I felt like the press was really good. Anytime there was a ball dumped into the midfield, Kellen Acosta was there to scoop it up. Uh, I, I thought he had a really effective half that sub to me at halftime was really confusing, uh, because of how effective he had been. But, um, there's an early chance. And I think this is, I think this is the moment that probably just undid them. I don't remember the minute, uh, that it happened in, but, I, everybody that watched the game already knows Bowanga is running free on on a um, on a counterattack. Vela is running to his right. Mario Gonzalez is out to his left. Kamal Miller scrambling to recover and does get into a defensive position, but isn't able to make a tackle. And Vela is, I mean, wide open. I know that everybody in the stadium could easily see it. I could easily see it on TV. Um, I'm sure Ray Charles could see it. Uh, it's it's so obvious that the pass has to go wide there to Carlos Vela to cut in and house call it, right? It's just so obvious. And Boanga calls his own number and fires a shot despite, again, Kamal Miller being in front of him and Drake Callender being in position in the middle of the goal. And it runs right into Kamal Miller's legs. I know a ton of people have tweeted uh, that were there at the stadium saying they've never seen Vela so upset uh, during his entire time here at LAFC. And I, I can, I can see why this is a huge moment, a huge moment. They've, they've suffocated Miami up to this point with their, with their press and they've created this opportunity. And here it is a chance to go up one nil really early and jump on top of Miami and force them into a game that they don't want to be playing where Miami's going to have to get stretched and Boanga just blows it just completely blows it. And this is a theme that we've had here on the, on the counter press talking about the fact that 
Bawanga oftentimes does this where he he just bets on himself over and over and over and over again. And the team bets on him over and over and over again. And Bawanga is a great player. He's a great player. Top five, six, seven in MLS, easy, right? Um, he's he he has immense quality for this league. Um, but I I can't quite get a grasp on what it is that's causing these bad decisions where he goes into 1v2s, 1v3s and keeps forcing the attack over and over again. And this is another one of those examples where instead of going to Vela, who's again wide open, he can play him in, it'll be 1v1 with the keeper. And instead he dribbles himself into a one into a 1v2, again with Calendar already in position in the middle of the goal to block whatever shot that comes. Um, really, really frustrating. I know in the Charlotte game, we talked about the fact that there was a, there was an opportunity uh, early in the game as well off a counter and Bowanga gets the ball on a big switch and there's two defenders right in front of him and he turns it over and the ball goes back the other way. Uh, I think that led to either a shot on goal or a goal in the Charlotte game. I can't remember exactly, but this is something that we keep seeing. And what's unclear to me is if it's a feature or a bug um, a bug, meaning that it's something that Bowanga has to work through, that the coaching staff has to point out to him, like, hey, you've got to stop doing this. You have got to get your head up and recognize where the advantage actually is. In this case, Vela, they have a numerical advantage because they're running three on two. And he dribbles himself into a numerical disadvantage by dribbling, in, dribbling himself into a 1v2. Vela has a positional advantage out wide, right? Nobody's... nobody's Anywhere close, he's in behind. He can be played in behind, so he's one-on-one with the keeper. Classic definition of a positional advantage. Um, and they and they come away with nothing. They come away with nothing. And it's shortly after that that there's a um, kind of a freak goal from Farias where I, he gets... I can't even remember how it happened, to be honest. I feel like it was a turnover in the middle. Long comes up to pressure the ball. I feel like they did a great job of this. Both center backs and the midfield tonight did a great job of stepping into the midfield to add pressure. But the problem is that left Chiellini all by himself. Um, Farias is is in behind then, I think. And then I at that point, I think Chiellini gets stuck and Long has to try and come over and recover. And it's it's a really bizarre shot, very slow to the back post, bounces off the inside of the back post and, and is in. And at that moment, after that missed shot, especially from from Boanga, I, I felt like this is going to be a problem because we've seen LAFC when they go down, especially in big moments like this, in in what you could what you could call like a uh, an important game, a high profile game, a, a big game. Um where then it becomes hero ball and everybody that touches the ball feels like they have to do the entire job themselves. And while it wasn't in this moment, I I feel like there's no more emblematic uh, demonstration of this than when uh, Jesus Mario comes in and every single time Mario wins the ball, he's dribbling into the midfield, trying to dice everybody up and take it all the way forward. Now, I love a marauding center back as much as the next guy, but that's just there's that's not the moment for it. 
That's not, it doesn't have to be forced. Not everything has to be in transition. Not everything has to be a hundred miles an hour. You can, you can play in all four phases of the game. It's okay. And when I say all four phases, what I mean is attack, defense, and transition to attack and defense, right? And LAFC plays fine in three of those. But they will not just attack. They will not just win a ball and then recycle possession, build possession, and unpick a defense. Now, that is an incredibly hard thing to do. It's not easy. And they feel like they have the horses to go out and play in transition, and that's their best chance to win. I get, I get that argument. I'm, I'm on board with it. I think, I think they do have the forwards to, to make that happen. But against a defense that's just going to sit in, in essentially a back five, uh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to play different than that. You're gonna have to do something a little bit different. Um. I feel like what what had the most success today was Chiellini getting on the ball, driving forward, and then playing direct balls into the forwards. Again, that's not exactly building in possession. I think that's arguably more like transition. I talked about it on Happy Foot, Sad Foot with Vince. Um, uh, the fact that that's a bit like transition where the ball goes forward, and if you don't win it, you counterpress. I thought that was a great point from Vince when when uh, on that show. Um, but, you know, he he gets Boanga in behind, and Boanga has another big chance. It's saved by Drake Callender. He takes the right angle. It comes out, and, you know, everything with Boanga's power, except, well, then he then later he misses a chip. But um, a tough a tough night from Boanga, and I feel, I feel like it all started with that mispass to, to Vela. And then after that, even it didn't matter how many times we were going to play him in, it was just never going to happen. And then you see him... Anytime he gets the ball, similar to what I brought up with Mario, he's going to try and dribble the length of the field. Doesn't matter if he picks it up in our own half. He's going to try and outrun everybody. And sometimes he can. Oftentimes he can drive the ball so quickly in transition that he will undo a defense. But then again, like I said, that the head's got to be up and you got to recognize where you have positional and numerical advantages on the field so that you can play to the open man and make things happen and actually score goals as opposed to just doing it all yourself and playing hero ball. Uh, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Even against a team with a backline that's as suspect as Inter-Miami's. Just not going to happen. A um, few other things. Uh, so that, uh, we talked about the first Miami goal. It's whatever. Uh, kind of a weird one. I think if they go into the half 1-1, having given up a weird goal after scoring the supposed Vela goal, right? Um, I don't think Steve Toronto makes the Acosta sub, and I think that was the wrong sub to make. And I hope that everybody realizes that. Um, he told a reporter at halftime that it was to add a little bit more of like offensive quality to the game. I agree that Tillman brings some more of that than Acosta, but Acosta was so instrumental to to making the press work in the first half and really suffocating the inner Miami midfield that I feel like that's where the game was truly lost. And you see it, the second goal happens. Uh, I think it was about probably 10 minutes into the second half. I don't, again, I don't remember the minute on it, but Ilya is caught upfield marking Busquets on the ball. And again, once Busquets has the ball in the midfield, you're kind of done. 
right? And so you have Tillman and Bogach who are also man-marking people through the midfield. Ilya is closing him down. He doesn't want to commit too hard because Busquets, in addition to being an incredible passer with unparalleled, unparalleled vision, is also really good in tight spaces and is one of the smoothest players on the ball turning away from pressure that I've ever seen. So Ilya is being respectful. He's, he's giving him some distance. He doesn't close him all the way down because he doesn't want to get beat. Fair enough. And Busquets hits one of those impossible Busquets balls straight to Leo Messi, who's wide open. Uh, and as soon as soon as soon as he's on the ball, now you're, and he's in open space, you're done. It doesn't matter what you do. Aaron Long steps. Uh, I think Chiellini had kind of injured his shoulder a couple of plays before, so he's slow to move, right? Um, and here comes Jordi Alba streaking in behind. Holling said, the whole back line is undone. Who's, who's stepping to Messi? We don't know. Uh, Jordi Alba is held onside by Holling said on the opposite side. And he's one-on-one with McCarthy. And at that point, the game was done. Just completely finished. Once you give up two to inner Miami like that, it's over. You can stretch yourself out as much as you want to uh, and maybe score a goal, and LAFC did, but you're going to give up some more, and they did. Uh, There's a moment, it's about the 81st minute, an absolutely horrific minute and a half, two minutes from Aaron Long, where he comes in on a corner kick, not even trying to play the ball. You can tell because we get a close up of him taking out Drake calendar and he's not even, he's not even looking at the ball. He's just looking at Drake calendar kind of throws himself into him called for the foul. Um, then, you know, 30 seconds later, he steps into the midfield to win a ball, which is like, I was actually impressed. I was like, Hey, there he is picking up a ball, good control, whatever he's in the midfield. He could drive forward to invite some pressure. He could play it forward to Bogut who's slipping in between the lines, but no, he looks sideways. He sees Timothy Tillman, and he plays Timothy Tillman, even though there are two defenders right on top of him. And Timothy Tillman then has to do a bit of magic to get away. Uh, Tillman does well, and the, I think the ball moves on, and there's a kind of a half chance, half cross into the box or, box or something, and the ball comes right back out. And at this point, LAFC is pressing, right? So they're selling out on every attack. So Aaron Long's the only guy left back. Um, Leo Campana is open. There's a ball that comes across and Aaron Long does a bizarre chest trap of the ball right into the feet of Lionel Andres Messi. And it's off to the races. Tim Tillman gets back, recovers in time, gets in front of Messi. But at that point, Tillman's two on, he's, he's one on two, right? And Campana scores the dagger. Hollingshead gets a consolation goal later. Um, that man has a has an incredible knack for scoring on set pieces. Uh, really impressive that he can find so many different ways. And sometimes, you know, it's peinado uh, headers. Sometimes it's volleys. Sometimes it's just cleaning up a mess at the back post. Uh, he's he's really, really good on set pieces. Um, other than that, I, I don't really know what to talk about with this game. Uh, Ted uncle gave a really early yellow to Matty Bogic, who, um, I don't remember who he fouled. It was a ticky tack foul. Didn't matter. But then the yellow card came for a descent, which is so dumb in like the first two minutes of a game. 
Uh, Uncle could have easily given two yellows to Farias later if he wanted to continue to be petty, but he doesn't. Farias hauls down, I think it's Bogish, um, on a on a breakaway, and then clears the ball afterward. Those are two caution-worthy offenses. Now, it would have been really harsh from, uh, from Uncle to give both of them, but just point it out there. Um, what else from this game? McCarthy has a great save that drew a big reaction from Selena Gomez, who clearly did not want to jump for LA football club when shown on the TV, uh, during that chant. Um, other than that, uh, just, uh, I think this is an alarm bell game for LAFC who, has kind of skated by on a really strong start to the season and then fell apart in June and then has shown some incredible flashes since the break where they've come out and really barnstormed a couple teams. But those teams aren't good that they've beaten Colorado, Juarez, right? Um, and all those goals that they score come in bunches when a team is completely demoralized and broken. And so I, I think what we're really seeing is them not play consistently good football. I think we're seeing them boat race bad teams. And then when they get in a close game, they make some mistakes. They can't they can't play in all four phases of the game, and they get beat as a result. Um I don't I don't know. I don't know what the appropriate ceiling is for this team at this point for the rest of the season. I do not think they will win the West uh, because I don't think they play consistently enough to win that many games. Uh, Are they a playoff team? Of course they're a playoff team. Uh, How far they go in the playoffs is a mystery to me. I don't know who in the West is really going to is really going to give them uh heartache. I think I think a team I think if they come up against Galaxy in the playoffs, they will struggle. I think if they come up against Seattle, they could struggle. Um I think I think they're suited, they're well suited to beat St. Louis in the playoffs because of the way that St. Louis presses and gets stretched out, they are so vulnerable to being hit in transition. So I think St. Louis is one of them that they can, that they can beat, that they can really take it to. Uh, in the East, if Miami makes it, I would expect more of the same from Miami. Uh, I don't... I think LAFC had a, had a couple bounces gone different, could have easily won this game if they, if they jumped on top of them. Uh specifically with that <laughs> missed Vela uh, opportunity. But if Miami doesn't make it, I don't know who really gives them trouble. Cincinnati has been has been good. I don't think they're as good as, as everybody bills them to be. That's a common theme in MLS. I don't think anybody's ever as good as their build. Uh, I think Columbus is a great team um, with a legitimately good system in place. So you, I, I think Columbus is a team that would give them a lot of trouble and that would be extra painful as we would watch Diego Rossi <laughs> score or, or at least celebrate. Right. Um, so all of that being said, um, 
in order to make Champions Cup or whatever the heck it's called next year, uh, they're going to have to win MLS Cup because I, I truly don't see them winning the West. So hopefully, hopefully they can get a stretch of games here where they can play consistently and and look like the team that they did at the beginning of the year. I just don't think teams have any reason to stretch themselves out against LAFC. I think it's clear that they can uh, sit back, absorb whatever pressure LAFC is going to give them, and if they can, if they can hit and transition a couple times, or if they can just hold on to the ball, even then LAFC is really going to struggle to beat them. So, having said all that, we'll go ahead and get to questions because uh, it is really awkward to sit here and talk to myself <laughs> uh, for too long. So the first one is from Lionel Hutz. Have no idea what I just witnessed. Still don't know how that first Miami goal was scored. Oh, well, I guess LAFC isn't special. Better win this year because next year make Messi is cakewalking his way to the MLS Cup trophy. The scary thing is Miami could potentially get better if they do go to four DPs or um, they move some other pieces around. I presume they will get better, which is wild. Um but he's going to be really tough to beat because he's got all the talent in the world, <laughs> obviously. And he's also got really special pieces around him in mainly Sergio Busquets. I mean, that that combination is deadly enough to undo an entire MLS team. You saw it tonight. You saw it completely undo arguably one of the better teams in MLS in that second goal, right? So uh, watch out next year. Um, and again, it, for in terms of what LAFC can do this year, they're going to have, they have got to figure out how to hold onto the ball and play in the regular attacking phase. Otherwise they're going, it's going to be a short, uh, a short appearance in the playoffs. So hopefully they can make that happen. I think I think playing a guy like Aaron Long at center back is a concession that you are not playing like that. Don't know how else to, how else to say it. Okay, Tom Camilleri. Well, you can't miss all your good chances and let Messi hang around. One bad LAFC trade is they start pressing and start playing panic ball, passing too early and not gathering the ball and settling when there is time and space. Also not sure if the TV caught up, but that's the angriest I've ever seen Vela in six years here after Bowanga took that shot. He literally punted the ball over the corner flag into the stands. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. Talked about it tonight. As soon as LAFC is behind, they double and triple and quadruple down on this idea. Hippowanga, 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 run at them. Just run at them as fast as possible. Um, and see what happens. And this is, to me, when I watch American soccer, this is what I see the most of. And by American, I mean, I mean the USMNT. I mean the USWNT. Almost worse in a lot of ways. I I mean a lot. I mean a lot of MLS teams only play in transition as if the other phase of the game doesn't even exist. They only play in transition because they can't hold on to the ball because they haven't, 
most of these players haven't grown up in a system or in a culture that prioritizes holding onto the ball. That's the short of it. I, um, it's systemic. It's why the women have been caught. Because for so long, we've subscribed to this British model of the game and kind of an old British model of the game, to be totally honest. We're going to play route one. It's going to be physical. We're going to get stuck in. All of our, all of our language is borrowed. Granted, the whole language itself is borrowed from them, right? But everything that we do to describe and talk about the game comes from them. And uh, they haven't exactly won a whole lot lately either. So uh, they have the best league in the world, undoubtedly. But it's not because of the way that they uh, that they view the game, right? Uh, so... Um, I'm sorry, Tom, I'm kind of, I'm kind of off the rails here talking about, uh, this idea of pressing and playing, like you said, pressing and playing panic ball and everything's direct and everything has to go to goal right now. Uh, if you go to us soccer licensing course, they'll, and, and you, and you have an exercise that you brief to them that involves any sort of like possession minded game, like a four V four plus three, for example, you will get shredded. You will get absolutely shredded because they'll say, oh, it's not directional. It's not directional. It's not game-like because there's no goals. There's no goalkeeper. There's no this. There's no that. They can't see the value in any training game that doesn't look exactly like the game because they don't understand the game itself in fractals. They don't understand that the game is not a 120-yard pitch with two goals. It's a series of other games, right? Where you're moving the ball from one side of the field to the other side of the field. And there's different phases of the game and there's different there. You play, you play a different shape depending on which third you're in type of thing. Um, so for me, this is, this is what I see when I watch LAFC now is a much more Americanized team that, that is one dimensional especially in the way they attack. And it's all in transition. I think that uh, the coaches certainly know this. It's a hard thing to do, right? Especially with a salary cap and limited resources and limited time and all these games that you're playing. But uh, I think it shows just a different philosophy of the game. So anyway, it's what makes Busquets and Messi and Alba so special is that they grew up in a, system that's diametrically opposed to this way of thinking. Okay. Um, one more thing about Vela being so mad. It's interesting that he just grabbed the ball and punted it. Uh, I was angry. I was definitely angry. I tweeted out a reverse shot of it that they showed at halftime. And the decision there from, from Bolonga is shockingly bad. Shockingly, shockingly bad. And again, I don't know if it's a factor more of like he just doesn't see it or if it's because everything has been built to go through him at this point. So anytime he gets the ball, he's empowered. He's expected to do this. I couldn't tell you what, what the right answer is there. Um, but maybe somebody in a press pass will figure, uh, will figure it out. Uh, my guess is they won't. Okay. 
at Yo-Yo Torre 66, should we be mad at Gonzalez or the ownership for selling Chicho? The real winners tonight were the LAFC free sellers. <laughs> uh, somebody on Happy Foot, Sad Foot said they got like 2500 bucks for their season tickets, which is uh, quite the haul. Um, I, I, I still like Gonzalez. I think, uh, I think he plays higher than most nines that we tip that we've typically had where we, most of them pretend to be false nines, uh, that we've, that we played with in the, in the past. Chicho was so incredibly effective. Uh, so I, I think, I think it's going to take some time to help Gonzalez and especially the team figure out where to find him. There was one ball that I know he didn't expect. He was sitting on a center back as Chiellini was on the ball. And Chiellini finds his feet, but he hasn't moved into any like really dangerous space or any open space. And I think that's an example. I, I think it was in the first half. Chiellini finds him direct. And I mean, it's through, it's through, I think, at, I think it's at least three lines of pressure vertically and two lines of pressure horizontally. It's an incredible ball that surprises Gonzalez when it gets there and he's not able to hold on to it. But I think those are the moments where he, when Gonzalez has his back to goal, for example, and he's looking back, okay, Chiellini's on the ball. Oh, let me get into some space here because he can find me, right? He can find me. Uh, I think that's some of the chemistry issues that probably need to be worked through. And then also, hey, Tillman, Bogic, Acosta driving the ball forward. You see Acosta really, really be deferential to uh, to Boanga. Anytime he gets the ball, he's looking for Boanga. But I think over time, they might get a better understanding of, oh, Mario likes his ball chipped up over the top here. I can I can definitely get him the ball there. I think, I think the more time they spend together, the more effective they're going to be. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to argue against the goals that Chicho scored and the fact that he carried you through so many tough games in the last two two years, right? Um, When you needed a big goal, it was him. It was him or Gareth Bale in the final. Uh, Donuts, Drake calendar podium game. I'm not reading too much into this one. Our offense played well. Need to clean up the counter defense. Um. Yeah, I think I think one way to clean up the counter defense is get better in the attack. To be totally honest with you here, I, I think I think not giving away silly uh, silly turnovers against a team with talent like Inter Miami has is the way to avoid that. Right? Play defense by being organized in the attack. This is like a common theme in even youth coaching, right? Organize our defense while we attack. Meaning we don't press too hard uh, trying to score a goal. Meaning we don't get all completely out of sorts chasing a goal right away. We want to make sure that our shape is is decent and that we have a couple guys back to help us defend. Uh, and then we want to protect the ball. And if we do sell out, and if we do get a bunch of numbers forward, then that play has to end. And Josh and I have talked a lot about this where when we stretch out a lot of the times in transition and Bowanga's running into these 1v2s, I'd prefer him shoot it 30 rows high than try and dribble through both defenders before taking a shot just so it ends. 
And so the whole team can get a chance to recover. That way you're not having to defend in transition. Um, can they get better at doing it? Sure. Uh, but the best way to avoid it is to make sure that you hold on to the ball, number one. Number two, that you're in a decent shape. That The shape that you build from, you can also defend on the, uh, uh, on the counter. And then three, if you sell out and you get out of that shape, end the play somehow end it okay uh drake calendar did was was good i thought every i thought every time he stepped out he was at the right angle clearly i mean the man made a million saves it feels like justin 33w disaster class by bowanga all night he needs to get called out by the fans and the media he's been increasingly more selfish the last few weeks and it's starting to really irk me and by the looks of it the team I don't think you're wrong. I, I mean, it, clearly people are frustrated with him on the field, namely Carlos Vela, right? Um, more and more selfish, yeah. And again, what, I, what I'm most curious about is where it comes from. Is this being enabled or is this one of those things that they're really trying to work through with him and trying to fix uh, because he just doesn't see it? Uh, I hope. I hope it's just that he's being enabled to do this. And that the staff can then just dial it back and back. Hey, I know we've been doing this, but we're going to make some changes. Like now we got Gonzalez, so we're going to change it up a bit, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's frustrating to watch because he does have so much talent, and you feel like anytime he slipped in behind, that ball's going in. But man, tough tonight with the the big save from Calendar, the miss Tavella, and then the missed chip too. That just oh, brutal. Corey at we don't post ever. How does this game, how does this team get better against a set defense? Uh, I think, again, it goes back to they have to learn how to play in just the attacking phase, not transition to attack, just the attacking phase. I know I've already talked about it tonight, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. But in this phase, you've got to hold on to the ball. You have to have a decent shape to help you hold on to the ball. Now, in the past, oftentimes what happens with LAFC is the midfield just kind of stands around. I feel like this midfield is plenty active in possession. But you have guys like Aaron Long out there who are not going to pass the ball into the middle. You have guys like John McCarthy, who if you send the ball back because you're playing in possession, he's not going to hold on to it very long. It's just going to be cleared long. And now you're back to playing in transition. Uh, you have forwards who, as soon as they touch the ball, are going to goal. Namely, Boanga, right? If he touches the ball, he's going to goal. Doesn't matter what the what the state of the game is or what what the defense is doing, he's going to goal. Uh, so it takes it takes some buy in from everybody else to hold onto the ball, move it around to help move defenders around to create new space to attack from. And that just does not seem to be the way that LAFC wants to play. They want it to be attacking in transition. Or uh, lumping balls long forward to counter press and then still kind of play a transition game from there. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's the game model for this year. Uh, I don't think it's going to be good enough if it is. Luis, is the season for LAFC over? Does this team have a chance at MLS Cup? I'd say they have a chance. We've seen them put together good stretches in, you know, during the season in league play. Uh, 
Is it super likely? No, no, it's not because they need to be at home. They haven't fared well on the road this year, especially. Um, and I don't know how much home field advantage they're going to have unless they really turn it on at the end of the season. So I don't know how much of a chance they have. Andy G, those misses were unbearable. Yeah, brutal. The The biggest one being not passing to Vela. That's more than the chip to me. That's a missed shot, whatever. But that decision is what worries me the most. Alan Kine, we fail, we fail, we fail. Give us a big moment and we fail. It took bail. It took a bail miracle to break that. I will concede to you guys because you're more tactically, tactically acute. I'm sorry, but what does Steve offer when his plan isn't working? Why does our mid continue to get overrun? Uh, today it got overrun because Steve changed from Tillman to Acosta. And Acosta had been, like I said, incredibly effective. And Tillman does, I, I agree, Tillman does bring more carrying the ball forward, shooting from distance, uh, picking better final passes. But if you can't stay on the ball, or if you can't win the ball, then it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, so, I don't know. I, they're going to have to... The, I, I don't know how they fix this in time. I, I don't. Next one, Andrew Zucci. Ready for Max to return. Uh, I do think I do think that might help. I do think that might help. Uh, like I said, having him back there who's better with his feet, having a center back not named Aaron Long in the back to pair with Chiellini, I think Mario does a better job at least. I think it's uh, criminal that they couldn't figure out a way to work Mamadou Fall back into the squad. And I get it. He probably doesn't want to be here. He, Barcelona comes calling. You got to sell the kid. Nothing else you can do. I think he was always going to be short for MLS because of the immense talent that he was. It's just a bummer that you couldn't make it work better uh, or, or for a little bit longer because he's who you need. He's the kind of center back that you need to help you work through this uh, difficulty that you have playing in the, in the attacking phase of the game. Um, Joe three, two, three, Denny's ego was too big tonight. Uh, more concerned over a highlight reel than being a team player. If the first goal was made and Denny played as a collective, as a collective, the momentum of the game would have been set. Second half LAFC played too passive and defensive until Miami scored goal two. Yeah, I, I, we kind of already talked about all this, but, uh, I do think if they go up one, nothing, with that supposed goal to Vela, and then even giving up that that goal to Farias, you're up one one. You still feel like you're in control of the game because you had the run of play. You scored the goal. They got a weird one against the run of play, and they're still going to be stretching and pushing. And LFC can capitalize on that. But once they control the game, especially after the second goal, there's there's not much you can do. Uh <clears throat> And then them playing passive in the second half. The funny thing is, yeah, they they kind of they couldn't get on the ball because their midfield was a bit undone because they took out the better the best ball winner there, right? Matty Bogic, I thought did a great job defending both Busquets and Messi when they were on the ball. Uh, I don't feel like he put a foot wrong tonight, um, but not having Acosta there, 
was was trouble, even though Tillman was so good. When Tillman picked up the ball, he was able to drive and eliminate defenders uh, really effectively tonight, but ultimately didn't lead to much in the attack because Miami just sat in. So you're running at a set defense. Darmalia, number 99 out. Oh, uh, just kidding. Just didn't finish our chances. That's it. Yeah, I, I, you finish the chances, it's different. But Josh and I have long warned about the dangers of accepting cliches like, oh, well, they won the XG battle. Because ultimately, what does that matter? Doesn't matter. You can you can point to the fact that they consistently create a lot of goal scoring opportunities. Excellent. That's a great, that is a great coaching buzzword, buzz phrase. Um and it's true, you have to create the opportunity to score goals, and you are more likely to score more goals if you are creating more goal scoring opportunities. But ultimately, you gotta have somebody to put them away. And for a long time, LAFC didn't have that. LAFC struggled. And they found that in Chicho Arango. And then everybody said, oh, it's not really, he doesn't press right or he doesn't do this or whatever. Uh, and then they got rid of him. And so uh, <laughs> they got to get back to finishing those chances. I agree. Uh, because again, all the XG in the world isn't going to win you games or trophies or CCL berths. It's just going to sound good and a sound bite. So anyway, that'll do it for tonight. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey or Josh at LAFC Josh. Uh, we will talk to you all after the next match. Good night.